0: And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo, Tom DeAngelis. Welcome, one and all. All right, my brother. Thanks Good to, to be, be here. here. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, verses 35 through 43. But Rob, before we break open the bread of life, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us have those eyes to see, those ears to hear, and then a heart to respond with love to what Jesus shares today with us?
2: Absolutely. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Father the Son, the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit. amen. 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 Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, this moment. Wherever we are, Lord, you are with us. So thank you for for being with us. Thank you for the, the opportunity to, just to, to gather here in the studio, for all of those listening to be with us. Lord, what a gift. We thank you. Thank you for, for your word. And as we break open the gospel that we will hear this Sunday, please, Lord, just have it penetrate our, our hearts and our minds and then give us the courage. Please, Lord, give us the courage to live this out. Thank you for this liturgical year that we've been on. And as we come to a close of this liturgical year, help us to, to once again renew our relationship with you uh, as, we, as we enter into uh, this new phase of the year and we pray all this in jesus name amen Amen. in the the father son
3: Son, holy Holy spirit Spirit. amen Amen. and
2: tom do you mind giving us a little gospel love
1: today sure
3: again this is uh, luke's gospel chapter 23 verses 35 to 43 the rulers sneered at jesus and said he saved others let him save himself if he is the chosen one the christ of god even the soldiers jeered at him as they approached to offer him wine they called out If you are king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him, there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed, we have been condemned justly, for the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes." But this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ.
1: When you started the reading, Tom, I circled the two words, sneered and jeered. Hmm. You know, as we gain our spiritual ears, when we hear people uttering words that are not of God, there are flags for us to put up our cautionary antenna because, again, those that sneered at him, those that jeered at him, the enemy's got a foothold in their life. The enemy is controlling them. When You hear people with foul language and, and people that are negative and, and belittling and condemning recognize that the enemy has a portal into them, and there are opportunities for you to pray for them. Don't condemn them. Don't judge them. Pray for them, which is exactly what we see happen with the two thieves. The first one who who um, went against Jesus and said, you know, are you not your, sa- you know, save yourself, save us. You know, are you not the Christ? Well, the other one ends up hearing that and didn't condemn him. He ends up saying, you know, do you not know who this is? And, and, and we deserve what we are to get. So for me, having those spiritual ears to hear and a heart to respond with love and pray for those people is so key. Cause if we take the bait of the enemy, then we end up where those people are, and we become tools of the enemy. Because even Peter, I love my man Peter, you know, he proclaims Christ as Lord, and then the next sentence Jesus is saying, get behind me, Satan. So we can slip that easily if we fall prey to the wiles of the enemy, which is unforgiveness, pride, you know, self-centeredness, all these things can take us away from Christ, take our focus off of Christ, and turn ourselves, our focus inward.
2: I I wrote, as you're sharing, Dave, I I wrote down sneer plus jeer equals pray because I know a lot of times in my life, sneer plus jeer equaled like retaliate or, you know, get back at them. And there's no peace in that. There is no peace in that. So sneer plus jeer equals pray. And and as you're sharing, I was thinking of a, of a night when I was in a comedy club and I thought it was going to be clean comedy and it was, uh, it was, it was raunchy and we were with like 10 other couples and and uh, I was just—I was really losing my peace. I was losing my peace, and I shared the story with uh, with Marty, who's part of stewardship with Spirit Power. Marty Rotella, uh, awesome man of God. I was sharing that story with him, and he and, he's, and he said, "What you say is Rob. In those situations, just pray, because if you if you're getting all angry and bent out of shape and trying to figure out stuff like on on the natural realm, there really isn't much you can do. But on the spirit realm, when you pray and intercede in that moment, then you're." You're praying for their conversion, you're praying for peace. you're praying for everybody where you are. So mm-hmm. it gives you it gives you something to do that's the most effective, which is invite God into the situation and and pray for uh, pray for conversion. So sneer, sneer plus jeer equals pray.
3: And I think too, Rob, that the probably one of the best examples of that is is the the second thief here, the, who we've come traditionally to call the good thief. Um, because his his partner in crime literally is there sneering and jeering at Jesus, just like the, you know, just like the people on the ground, and uh, and he has the composure and the grace really to to look at the situation and say, look, we're here because we deserve it. This guy doesn't deserve it. You know, maybe he was at the trial, maybe he was there when Pilate was condemning him, but uh, and and then basically asked Jesus for his, you know, for forgiveness and, and to remember him. And I still, I still remember I had in third grade, I had a, a sister at St. Joan of Arc that, whose name was sister Dismas, which is the mm. traditional name that's come down to us as the name of the good thief. And uh, she was always so proud of this and used to re- remind us of this story all the time. And she said, now remember children, this is the only saint that we know from the lips of the savior that he's in heaven for sure. The other ones have just been declared by the church, but this guy we know right out of the mouth of Jesus. <laughs> so, and I always re- you know remember, this day you will be with me in paradise because of of all the things that that Jesus says. There are some that are so comforting, like, "What would you have me do for you, Lord, that I may see?" And this is another one where, <clears throat> "Amen," I say to you, "Today you will be with me in paradise." I mean, want those big, great words to hear at some point, you know?
1: Absolutely. And as we get these spiritual ears, then we ask God to see what we're to see. And what this Mm -hmm. shows us here in these first couple sentences is this. Those words led to a trap for Jesus because Jesus lived a life Mm -hmm. others-centered. Self-centered is a cycle of death. And so what what does this man do when he sneers and and what the the soldiers do when they jeer is they tempt Christ. Save yourself. Mm -hmm. Save You saved others. Save yourself. They do it, each of them. And that means they're putting that temptation out there from the enemy to go from an other-centered life, which is the way we're called to live our lives, for the good of others, and into a self-centered life, which takes God the Father out of the picture. It's all about you. You do it. And so for me, we, we must be so spiritually attuned, our eyes, our ears, our hearts, so that we can recognize when the enemy is trying to put bait in the water and get us to take take that bait. So again, from living a other-centered life, which is Christ's entire life, to the trap of the enemy, using these words, save yourself. It's about you. Save yourself.
2: And, and I was just looking up on US, the USCCB website just to see how it's listed, but this Sunday is uh, the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe. Mm-hmm. How powerful is that? Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Right. And, and the King of the universe... Allowed himself to be crowned with thorns. So our king wears a crown of thorns. Our king mm-hmm. is, is hanging naked from the cross out of love for us. All right? Our king washed the feet of his apostles at the Last Supper, just uh, you know, hours before this scene here. So, you know, the worldly kings will try to you know, gain followers and land and and you know, accumulate wealth by by conquering by force and by coercion or might or whatever, but our King leaves that choice to us. He says, Here I am. Here I am. I love you. I've given everything for you. I want you to follow me more than anything, but you choose. Your choice. It's like, man. Right? And he loves us so much and he knows he knows the consequences of us not choosing him. And he still loves us so much that he's Saying choose, he's never going to stop pursuing us, but he's never going to force us. He's never going to, never going to impose. Always propose. So, mm-hmm. what greater gift could we give Jesus on this beautiful solemnity? Solemnity that we'll celebrate is, you know, is to crown him as king of our heart, mm-hmm. crown him as king of our home, king of our work, king of everything in our life. You know, and I, I underline
1: the sentence that where Jesus said, or where it says. Above him there was an inscription that read, this is the king of the Jews. And I wrote down and said, you know, how many times do we miss the signs Mm. that tell us God is in the world? God is present in our lives. I call them God moments, heavenly kisses, divine appointments. They happen every day. Had an incredible experience on Monday on the property. The head of our uh, construction working crew, which is Amish, is a Mennonite, an older uh, Mennonite gentleman named Will. And Will says, David, you talk about your God stories all the time. Well, I, my family and I had one, and I'd like to share it with you. I said, well, please, please do. He said, well, David, we were on Saturday unloading round bale hay. round bale hay, hay where he's about 900 pounds, about seven foot tall. It's a big bale of hay, and they're extremely heavy. So my father, who's 65, and my 10-year-old son were out at the wagon taking the strap off. I went into the barn to get the tractor. The next thing I know, I hear my father scream when he unleashed the, the, the strap that was holding the round bales, both 900 pound round bales rolled off the wagon and caught him as he tried to turn to run on the back of his legs and started to roll up over him, crushing him. So he hears his scream, of his father, get the tractor, get the tractor. So he, 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 he runs out to see what's happening and he sees his father and his son standing there and his father said, you won't believe this, Will. Your son pushed this round bale off of me. His son's 10 years old. Round bale weighs 900 pounds. Mm. And the 10-year-old boy says, A Daddy, I helped had help. There was this man that was here with me, and he stopped the bale from rolling over Pop Pop, and he helped me sit the bale up on end mm. and take it off of Pop Pop. Wow. Now, mm. there was no man there. But as this this gentleman who's, again, um, or Mennonite said to me, he said, David, I believe that the angel that stopped the bale from crushing my father also helped my Mm. son set the bale up on end. Because, ladies and gentlemen, four powerfully strong men could not lift, deadlift, a round bale hay bale, up and sit it on end on an incline uphill slope. But yet it happened. You see... These miracles of God, big and small, happen every day. This example is something that confirms what Jesus says to us. Unless you become like one of these little ones, like a child, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. That young boy with childlike faith, 10 years old, had the strength with that angel to stop the bail. The grandfather of the pop up wasn't hurt at all, not at all. To stop the bail, to lift the veil up on end, that's God at work in our lives. That's a God moment. That's a God story. Why is that important that I tell you? Because tell others. God's at work in the world every day. He wants to use you. God moments, divine appointments, heavenly kisses, they happen all the time. Ask the Lord, how do you want to use me? How do you want, how do you want to teach me? And let him do this for you. Because here what we read is there's two thieves hanging on the cross who kind of did some bad things because it says we deserve what we're getting. So it must have been pretty bad. Mm -hmm. But yet they both heard of Jesus. One, that seed didn't grow in. He rebuked him. He said, save yourself. But the other one, due to the stories that he heard, which comes from John 17, Jesus' high prayer, the last prayer he prays, where Jesus says, They will come to know us by our love, and they'll know him by their word. The key is the word. As we continue to spread these stories and tell our testimonies, people gain hope that God is alive. He is in the world. He is working every day. So acknowledging God in all things and telling these stories helps everybody have that seed of faith in their hearts to get it watered, get it fertilized, get the soil tilled, so that through the grace of God and our prayers, those seeds will grow. And guess what? We see it right here: salvation, even at the last moment at their death, can come upon them.
2: And the power of prayer in that. Um, you know, I'm just picturing this guy's grandmom somewhere praying for, you know, praying for his his salvation. Right? How many people behind the scenes, um, behind the you know the, the temporal scenes, are praying for our conversion? Right I know my mom, my grandmom, and there's a lot of people that are praying for mine, and my mom continues like my grandmom's in a in a better spot I, I truly believe she's one of the saints in heaven uh she's in a better spot to pray for me, but I know my mom and dad that people are praying for me, like the power of prayer like you know in a you know, hundred years on this earth is nothing in light of eternity so if if we just persist in prayer that that our loved ones will have this moment, this moment, this this was his moment of truth, both of theirs. And even in that moment of truth, it's still Jesus saying, here I am. Do you choose me now? Do you choose me now? He wants, he gives everybody that chance in that moment of truth, right? That's what he revealed to St. Faustina Mm -hmm. in in the beautiful gift of, of divine mercy. Do you choose me now? So, you know, what a call to action that we just pray we don't we don't try to close the deal and, and getting people you know converted or saved or whatever. We just pray and fast and love, and and for this moment, whether it's at their last breath or any time in their life, that 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 with their 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 hearts they say yes, I'm in. Yes, I'm in. I love you, Lord. I'm in. I want to get to know you. I want to love you. I want to serve you. I'm in. Well, you know what's amazing, Rob, is that the thief
1: couldn't use his hands. He couldn't use his feet. The only thing he could use is his voice. And what's fascinating is at the end of his life, we're talking Didymus, the good thief, at the end of his life, what's he doing? Evangelizing. Because hmm. we don't know the end of the story. Yeah. We don't know what happened to the other thief. We don't know that when this man re, you know, rebuked him and said, have you no fear of God? And, and we deserve this. We don't know what that seed of truth mm-hmm. that went into that man's heart, the one that, that was uh, sneering and jeering. We don't know the end of the story. You see, that thief that we call the good thief, Didymus, was evangelizing yes. to a man that was lost at the very end of his life. And guess what? Someday, through the grace of God, we'll find out the end of that story.
2: And this week, David, on, on Wednesday when we were together, Father uh, Bernard at St. At Peter's had a great homily exhorting all of us, like one more, just... Keep like the gift of faith, the gift of faith to reach out to share the good news to invite someone to mass. Like, just like, there's no greater gift than the, than, than the gift of, of faith. But people need to continually be invited and uh, in, into opening that gift.
3: You know, Rob, when you were talking about you know Jesus on the cross and and the great gift that He invites us uh, to, to share in His life, I know it came up at our gospel reflection earlier in the week that that this is really the, this moment is really the glory of, of Christ, the glory of God. Um, and, and again, tradition holds that that um, you know that and our, or our doctrine holds that that Jesus became man and that to, and to bring up the angels, you know that one of the things that the angels have done have accepted the fact that God was go, was planning to become a man and that the angels were going to be in service to mankind. And supporting them. Now, angels are far superior spiritual beings to us. I mean, your story, that's what made me <laughs> yeah. re- remember this, but your story about the the man, you know, who helped who helped in that situation. But the angels who have accepted that role are basically modeling their God because he has condescended the most to go from God to to become human and then to invite us in to share that life. And the angels' role is to help, is to serve us in that. So we have a guardian angel. We've got angels who probably show up in situations like that, and uh, for for good people who are, you know, who are believers and and trust in God. Um, but then they also, you know, they also brought up um, the situation of those angels who refuse to serve because I was made for something better. I'm better than this. I'm not going to serve those people who are beneath me or below me. And yet the model that we have is God, who as our faith has taught us over the years and tradition has condescended, and that that has a different meaning in this case. It's not derogatory in a sense, but has become, has descended to become one of us. He's gone the farthest distance of, of any of us. So what we're called to do is to turn our life into a sacrifice for others. And I think that it ties exactly with how the angels and how um, people who are you know suffering and sacrificing for each other uh f- fulfill that promise you know and and that's how we join the life of christ because this is this is how our God behaves this is how our God lives you know in sacrifice for us
2: uh, this past week i've been blown away at mass on the readings from uh I'm looking it up here. The readings from Maccabees, right? And, and oh yeah, yeah. So some of the most unlikely heroes. You have a 90 year old man, and in our culture, what do they say about the elderly? Just put them aside. What good can they <laughs> do, right? And then you have the mother, and a lot of times in society, it's like uh, you know what, what good, what, you know, what good can women do? And then the seven sons, and I'm, I'm thinking it was the youngest one. How cor- you know how courageous he was, and she called him to that courage. And uh, I'm just thinking of, of, of this scene um, at the cross where Jesus and these thieves are. like, it's, it, all, it all kind of rolls and builds up into that. And, and it, it, said, it says of the mother in the reading, the most admirable and worthy of everlasting remembrance was the mother who saw her seven sons perish in a single day, yet bore it courageously. Because of her hope in the Lord. Wow. So in our lives, when we feel like we're being crucified, look at that. The one that's, that's worthy of everlasting remembrance, right? Because she courageously held on to the faith right? and she had hope. That doesn't matter. Like, 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 you know, the 90 year old Eliezer, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, why would I, they were give, giving him an out. Like, just bring your own food, eat it. And we'll say, say, No you know, just for a couple of years to, to be a bad example that might lead other people astray? No. Right. So, man, what great examples that in our lives, when we feel like we're crucified, you know, we just lean on that, the examples of our older brothers and and, sisters in faith that, you know, with courage, right, we can pray for courage, Mm -hmm. right. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit and, and that's, and hope. uh, And, and we can, we can persevere with God's grace.
1: And I love this in this paragraph. It shows that, you know what? When we do things in the world, they have consequences. And if we do real bad things as the thieves did, those consequences can be really tough. These men are going to lose their lives for them. But then we look at Jesus. When we have a heart of contrition and we go to God, that infinite font of God's mercy is available to every human being out there. There is no sin that God will not forgive us for except the sin we choose to retain against ourselves. When we choose to hold unforgiveness of ourselves or of others, Jesus says in his prayer to the Father is, you know, we say and we pray, forgive us our trespasses, our sins. How? As we forgive others. So again, this beautiful contrast of a life, other centered versus self-centered, of a life of, here it is, condemnation, condemned, You know, which with for your 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 actions in the world to Jesus's, which is mercy, compassion, forgiveness of both. Oh no, of the one that had the heart of a contrition, contrition, knowing that he truly deserved the punishment, he truly was a sinner. And Jesus says, Amen. I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise, in heaven. For all eternity Do we realize Ladies and gentlemen There is no sin God That cannot forgive of us And cleanse us of That we go to him With a truly contrite heart And for me Through the grace of God With the gift of the Sacrament of reconciliation To be able to go And confess our sins To one another Being a priest That has been given That charism That gift To be the, the, the instrument God uses In that great Seat of mercy, oh my, it doesn't get any better than that. It sets you free. So ladies and gentlemen, don't hold unforgiveness of yourself or anyone else. Be set free and receive that gift from the Lord. You're going to be with him for all
2: eternity. And when Jesus was on the cross, he said, I thirst. <laughs> and he wasn't looking for you know a Gatorade. He's, he's looking for our heart, the His thirst, our yes, our sin, like that when we don't hold why he did what he did was for us to give him our sins. So if we want to quench his thirst, give it to him. And I was looking at the words, you know, Jesus, remember me when I come into your kingdom. And I was just thinking, if we just put that from Jesus's perspective, do you think he's saying to us today, Dave, Tom, Rob, remember me when you go into your office. Remember me when you hang out with your friends. Remember me when you're coaching your team. Right? Like He's just up there, the king of the universe. And he's just waiting for us to say hi. <laughs> just like to stop in the midst of our day and say, hey Jesus, how you
1: doing? Well, the important part of what you've also shared, it's not it's also recognize. Recognize he is our king, because it says not, I'll see you in my kingdom. No, no. It's your kingdom, Lord. Right? You know, remember me when you enter your kingdom. That affirmation from the heart of this man who was a sinner. That Jesus Christ is His King, bang is all the prescript that that's needed in the contrition of a heart, recognizing Christ as King, going to Christ with a heart of humility. We deserve. I'm a sinner. I deserve the punishment that's due me, and then opening up to receive that cleansing bath of God's life-giving blood, that washes us clean of our sins through the gift of Jesus Christ in the cross, and then getting in return what money can't buy, the abundant life. The abundant life that we are filled with the Holy Spirit, with joy, with peace, with gentleness, with kindness, with self-control, that we, whoa, every day live a life of a great adventure, being used as instruments in salvation of souls. And guess what? Entering into the kingdom of God for all eternity, the end of our lives. God bless each and every one of you.
0: Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, A Mission of Faith. We hope that you have been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100 Stewardship A Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make reflections from the heart possible if you've enjoyed this broadcast please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting StewardshipMission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.